Welcome to McDonald's. What can I get you today? Hi, she'll have the quarter pounder with cheese, extra mustard, no pickles, and I'll have a 10-piece chicken McNuggets. And, and two sides, sides of ranch, please. The we've done this before meal. Get it at McDonald's when you get two of your faves for just six bucks. Limited time only. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Bald Move Television. We're the officially unofficial podcast for literally all of television. I'm your host, Aaron. I'm Jim. And we have a very special episode. We're going to be catching up with The Mandalorian. And who better to help us catch up than Kim Renfro, who is a correspondent for Insider. And she has been standing at ground zero of Baby Yoda hysteria from the time Mandalorian dropped. Welcome to the podcast, Kim. Thank you, and thank you for having me on for this very important topic yes, of Baby Yoda it's, and all all the joy he's brought to this year of 2019 for us. It's it's really really given the internet a breath of fresh fresh Yoda fresh air. Uh, we needed it. We deserved it. Yeah, Yay. go 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 out go out on a Baby Yoda high for 2019. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, thanks for coming back. You're actually, I think, uh, other than maybe Jason uh, Kabasi, you, you you might be closing on, nipping on his heels for uh, most frequent bald move guest uh, mm-hmm. appearance. So, Ooh. you know, we have to have those, like, uh, we'll have to have those, um, like, uh, robes made up like they have on Saturday Night Live, like five-timers <laughs> robes. Because this has got to be at least five times, at least, probably six or seven. That's but, um, so... Awesome. We, we hadn't talked about episode four or five. Um, I think that when I was coming into this series, that my expectations that we were going to have a slightly more mature, a slightly darker take on Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And those expectations have been somewhat delightfully subverted. Um, and that like my impression of Mandalorian thus far is that it's essentially kind of like Maybe a step or two above the plotting of uh, Rebels or the Clone Wars or some of the Star Wars cartoons, but with triple uh, A production and special effects and casting. But it wasn't the darker, more mature uh, Star Wars franchise I was was thinking I was going to get. Uh, thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, as as sort of we got piecemeal news about the series, I was sort of like, yeah, okay. They were like, oh, we're doing a Mandalorian show. I was like, okay. They're like, oh, John Favreau's running it. I was like, okay. They're like, Pedro Pascal is going to be in it. I was like, cool. And then they like released a couple still photos, and I was like, yeah, sure. Like, I was excited, but like, not, I didn't have very many expectations. Mm-hmm. Like, I assumed it was going to be enjoyable television. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I don't know. I think I was hitting that, t- like, you know, TV fatigue that I'm sure you guys are well deep in uh deep in the pits with me on you know there's just so much going on and Plus, it was like not only that been... but the star wars fatigue too like i, right. I there, it's not like there's oh. been a big tent everyone excited about star wars movie like it seems like the last three have come out have been or four have been kind of somewhat not universally beloved nitpicked to or, death see, um, see that's the thing that like got me more excited for mandalorian because it looked very different like look if i look at the trailer you, you see like stormtrooper helmets on pikes right like yeah. mm-hmm. you see like this darker tone and this music that sort of makes you feel a little differently than most star wars and i was like okay maybe i'm ready to get back into star wars maybe this is gonna be the thing and so i got pretty hyped before the thing actually dropped and then we got like 
three episodes in maybe, and I was kind of like, mm, this is starting to not be what I expected it to be. And then somewhere around like episode four, I realized, okay, I was excited. I've been disappointed. Now I'm just kind of like, yeah, this is an okay thing for what it is. It's just mm. not the thing that I expected it to be. Yeah. Mm. See, I feel like I went from like maybe a 20% excited to like a hundred the second baby. Yoda oh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, well, I think, and so part of it for me was I had sort of built up in my head what I thought the show was going to be. Like you said, mm. like based on this trailer, based on this sort of darker tone, I was like, okay, we've got like grim, bounty hunter on a mission for some mysterious you know like we knew he was going to be sent on some new bounty hunt in the first episode and i was like okay he's gonna bounce around planets for eight episodes and then like it's gonna culminate in him finally getting this target or whatever it is or like a big you know a big epic ending to to this mission that he's on so for them in the very first episode to all of a sudden be like no no he's he's got the asset right away and second surprise it's a tiny adorable <laughs> child well, and it's... like went from being like hard like lone gunslinger type story to being like oh it's like soft dad mandalorian with like a cute baby i just i loved that that was that was something that i was not expecting at all and i'm much more into that uh that like i don't not genre that story right now that's something that's just pure dark i'm basically immune to cuteness period (laughs) across the board but i'll say baby yoda kind of gets me going it's got the goods it's got the not in that sick way you perverts (laughs) it's disney too they're 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 the experts at like okay you make it make an ant make a thing that you're familiar with make its head size and probably large make its ears and probably large make its eyes and probably large make them dewy and and kind of sad but also happy at the same time yeah yeah they they know exactly what they're doing i love that it's like a puppet you know it's like it's like, like physical tangible cute thing like every time mandalorian like picks it up i'm just like oh like, how, how many plushies are they gonna sell too many actually that's not true just enough just the right amount yeah the yeah. right amount yeah. the right distribution cute and that's the i mean that's the other thing like i i was shocked that disney went along with john favreau's suggestion slash like request to not develop any merchandise around this child baby yoda guy because that's where leaks always happen i don't know if you guys saw this that Mm, he talked about this like yeah and i like i respect the hell out of disney for potentially losing out on a lot of money around the holiday season that would have been spent on this merchandise instead to keep it a secret and have it be sort of this like yeah this like sleeper element of the show that i wasn't expecting and that completely like yeah like i said made me go from like 20 percent to just like a hundred percent i love this this is amazing i want all of this please yeah and it is nice to be able to like i sit down and i watch this every week with my 13 year old son and it's just um it's adorable but it's also relentlessly cool like i i I was thinking about like man what would it be like if i was 13 and there was this big budget uh, like mini movie every week that had like 
like armies of Boba Fett's just jetpacking into some town and shooting it up with bounty hunters, and you've got space battles, and you've got you know wrestling with these big monsters, and it's just like that was on television every week. Well, how spoiled would you be? And it's just fun to see it with him and just like seeing his like minds be blown. Of course, his school is all ate up with the uh, Mandalorian memes and Baby Yoda fever, and that's. That is that's that's a that's a lot of fun. It does change how I how I thought I would gauge engage with this. Like when we first made the decision not to have like full coverage of this, I'm like, oh man, man, we could be missing missing the boat. I don't feel like I'm we've missed the boat. I feel like the way we've covered it has been perfect, which is essentially in passing because this doesn't <laughs> this doesn't call for a 90 minute podcast with oh, no. intense with intense theorizing <laughs> and full recap, full yeah, research it's... and young yin analysis and and the other thing is like I've really appreciated about this show is that a lot of kids entertainment is essentially blowing kids minds with like you take Shakespeare you take Vonnegut uh you take Hemingway you file off the serial numbers you take the sex and violence out and like look at the you know it's it's just essentially reworking this material because you saw in episode four like that's very you know Magnificent Seven by way of Seven Samurai um it's it, there, there, there's a lot of these kind of classic, you know, it's like uh, this this bounty ha- uh, hunter betrayal uh, yeah. situation happened last. Like these are things we've seen dozens and dozens of times, but it's like not something my son's seen. So he yeah. thinks this is just the, the, the awesome. Yeah, I really I just I really love what they've been doing with it. And I maybe it's because I had low expectations or just like brain tired expectations. It's <laughs> It surpassed them, but it's also, like you said, it's the fact that it's a weekly thing is mm-hmm. amazing to me. Like, I, I love that they didn't drop all the episodes at the same time and that they're short, like you said. I mean, sure, I'm like, I'm sure people would have had a lot of fun with hour long, gritty, you know, Rogue One style kind of like grim, dark yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. But, like, and I, you know, maybe we'll get that someday. Maybe that's like the next Disney plus star Wars show or something like that. Maybe that's what Obi-Wan will be a little bit more of, mm-hmm. but for this, I think that it was like the perfect dosage of like fun, nostalgic, but like a little bit fresh star Wars that I think everyone, like I said, needed and deserved at this point in the year 2019. Yeah, I guess I'm now I'm kind of recalibrating my expectations for Disney Plus, and of course things can change. But like I, I look around its catalog, um, and I'm thinking this is a very PG environment, and maybe we'll get stories with more emotional complexity or depth. But like I don't think we're ever going to get like an R rate. We're not going to get a Logan right. for Star Wars. And I thought that like the Mandalorian could be like this kind of like a Logan type of thing. And it's, it's not, it's more of uh it's more of Shane mm-hmm. to, to name check a movie from the 1950s. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of like, when's the last like even... family friendly wow. Western that we've, we've seen. I don't, <laughs> I don't get that reference. Yeah. Uh, Shane. Nope. Really? Nope. <laughs> you, Kim, you know, Shane, you don't, you're not no. aware of Shane. Really? <laughs> no, Holy shit. Okay. Well, that's what I get for being a Gen Xer on the internet. Um, yeah. So someone, I want to talk. Someone it, mentioned it kind of, it reminds us of like, it reminded me of like that, like ABC Disney Saturday morning cartoon slot, you mm. know, where like you wake up and like, I've been watching them first thing like, on Friday mornings, but then I watched them a second time with my husband Friday night. And I'm like, it's very fun to have like, 
oh, I know, I know at least one nice thing that we're going to do this weekend, which yeah. is sit down and like squeal at our television at yeah. Baby Yoda for yeah. half an hour approximately. <laughs> so, it's great. So one of the real reasons I wanted to have you on this podcast, other than that you're just in- entertaining and insightful, is that Thanks. you had a a tweet that kind of crystallized something that I've been thinking about for a couple of weeks in, in relation to a lot of the content that we're covering, which is you, you said something along the lines of when I see all of the internet coming together to love and worship the baby Yoda, I can't help but think that this probably wouldn't be nearly as cool and nearly as big and nearly as fun. Had this all been dropped on us in one shot. So you have like all the Mandalorian and one 24 hour period. Everyone goes crazy with an orgy of memes. And then by next week, it's it's gone. And I started thinking that in relation to other projects, like um, I'm very fearful for what's going to happen with the expanse that drops this Friday. And then next week is Christmas. And then will anyone be thinking or talking about the expanse past that? Whereas the Mandalorian's got what? How many more weeks? Like three more weeks to go. Yeah. Three. So like, I feel like it's, it's, it's going to, it's, I don't, I understand why Netflix did it because they saw a phenomenon of people binging and they're like, how can we keep that, that, that needle stuck in their arm pumped 24 seven. And I understand that, but like, it seems like it's very divisive and corrosive to fandoms, especially fandoms that are trying to get on their feet or maybe get back on their feet after a, uh, a setback like what what uh, i feel like you feel me on that what's your what's your yeah. take yeah i mean i i think netflix did very smartly tap into something which is like we're gonna give you you know house of cards season one and orange is the new black like i distinctly remember sitting down to watch those shows and not wanting to stop and i loved that all of a sudden like i had an incredible season of television, my fingertips that I could watch in one go. I think that we, I think that a lot of people are now very exhausted by that because it's no longer just a couple shows that are dropping in binge mode. It's like almost every single television show. And it's very hard. It's very hard to have a collective conversation about a TV show when you don't know how many people are watching it at what pace are they watching it? Like it's very hard to cover. Like you said, like for me, when I'm writing about a TV show that drops all at once, I pretty much get limited to just writing about the finale and like, or writing about the season as a whole. It's really hard Mm -hmm. to do episodic coverage on the web because it's, you can't like share articles about like random episodes when you don't know when people are watching them. It's just, I think it's bad for the industry covering television. And then, yeah, like you said, it, it is a little bit corrosive to fandoms who it's just a lot, it's a lot tougher to have conversations. Like I said, and I, I do think that like with the Mandalorian, I do not think baby Yoda would be something that was like politicians are tweeting baby Yoda memes, you know, if, (laughs) the entire thing had just dropped at once. It had to be this like surprise cliffhanger to the first episode. So then everybody spent a week being like, what the hell does that mean? Is that literally baby Yoda? It can't possibly be because of the time frame that this is taking place. So right. like, Oh my God, they're diving into Yoda species lore. Like that's so cool. And it built up this hype to watching the second episode. And then the second episode was like, Oh, this is now a TV show where I'm getting like nonstop cute, like turned up to like a thousand percent at me on my television. And it was just so much fun. And the memes for every episode, like there's a, 
there's just no way that this would have been sustained for like weeks at a time had it just all come out at once. Um, yeah, so you'd have I, like two or th- you'd have two or three of the big memes that fought their way out of that weekend, and then everybody would be playing around with that. And instead, right. you'd get two or three memes per week that change, and you know, you get a and. And it's like it's like someone might take the time to do like, you know, something more complicated, like an animation, like, you know, take the clip of Baby Yoda flipping switches and put in different music yeah. and like and have fun with that when when they know that it's going to be appreciated by a bunch of people where like, oh, man, you get the idea to do that a week after the binge. Oof, if, am I going to take, you know, a Saturday and, and, and do a quick video or what? Yeah. And what was interesting about Mandalorian was the fact that they did not market the show to have any like even after the first episode the like teaser that they put out for the second episode still had absolutely no baby yoda presence i think it took until like two days after the second episode that the official star wars account finally like tweeted out a picture of it Mm -hmm. and so then everybody was like all right we're we got the all clear now we can start like freewheeling baby yoda all over the internet if it had just come out at once and disney somehow thought that like the baby Yoda thing had to be a secret. It would have made the whole, it would have just muddied everything. So it's like, is it okay to talk about a cutie is yet? Like, I don't know. It was already weird in that like week and a half period, but it would have been even weirder for them to drop the entire season, having not marketed baby Yoda whatsoever. So yeah, it seems crazy to me that the companies releasing this content don't quite understand this idea. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I, I blame Netflix. Like, but my analogy for this is sort of Netflix is the control rods and reactor four of Chernobyl. And they came on the TV scene and just blew it up. And now it's all melting down. <laughs> like yeah. the, the idea that this would be super corrosive to fandoms also should be the same uttered in the same breath as the idea that this would be very corrosive to the business around fandoms. Right. Right. And, and, and as much as they create that business and participate in it, they should be very scared of this model. And I don't understand why that's not happening. Yeah, I do feel like they don't, I feel like Netflix in particular doesn't, to me and my experience, like trying to work with them on covering TV shows and stuff, it feels very much to me like they don't necessarily think that they need a ton of press coverage of their shows because they, they found success Mm. with like stranger things and stuff through pure like word of mouth. Like they were not advertising that show before it came out. Really. It it just, it blew up almost entirely on like people stumbling upon it, loving it and telling all their friends and family to go watch it. And which is fine. And like that worked very well. I'm glad that we have stranger things, but yeah, I do sometimes I I am left a little bit confused as to why they think that like what I do in covering television isn't also advantageous to them. And that having people who feel able to write about a lot of different nuance in, in a season of television is a good thing versus like, don't worry about it. We're just going to give it to you all in one go. Like you said, like the expanse coming out this Friday, the fact that they're dropping the Witcher on the same day that Rise of Skywalker comes out and right before the holidays, I'm just like, that seems like a big gamble that you think enough people are going to watch it and be talking about it to compete with Star Wars and just like, yeah, the holiday season in general. I don't like, I don't know how much staying power that show's going to have, even though it seems to be like the most expensive thing that they've made all year. Well, I also think that like, 
so I look at what this does to the community and I, you know, you're right. Like we've had the same deal with, uh, with, with Netflix. They don't seem like super eager to be forthcoming with screeners or like to give much support to, to people trying to, to write things around their products at all. And, you know, they had kind of like, they're the only game in town as far as like this binge and that's no longer true. But when, when I look at the like subreddits that try to cover a show that's binge and I see like all these mega threads for each episode, there's like maybe 13 of them and they're all in different orders on the main page and the moderators are having to make sure that all the spoilers are staying contained in the thing and they, they got to nuke stuff that makes it to the front page and you're yeah. not allowed to talk of this. And I'm like... You this know, is a disaster. <laughs> yeah, because like the, I've always seen like the subreddits and the stuff that you guys do uh, and the Twitter, Twitter community and podcast community and the YouTube community is that that's like the white hot nucleus that like fandom huddles around and ideas are interchanged. And yeah. those are where fans evangelize the, the stuff. And also it's it's. Uh, you know that like it, it enhances people's pr- appreciation having like one or two people out of a million person community find this little nugget that's like interesting or blows the lid off like excites the entire community and if you circumvent that i don't like like stranger things is like might be the exception that proves the rule because it's like a once a generation type of lightning in a bottle, taking advantage of like a certain type of nostalgia and a f- certain appetite for science fiction and getting that. But I, but I don't know. Like I think of like, man, what if Stranger Things dropped right now yeah. in the middle of, you know, the Watchmen and the Mandalorian and his dark materials, like all of the well, the Watchmen's not YA. But like all, all this kind of like general kind of like YA content and the holidays, like would it be able to fight? Like, again, it is a once right. a generation type of thing. It's like Star Wars. It's like the Goonies. It's like, uh, you know, E.T. But I, you know, if, if you don't have these communities talking about stuff is or you know, like what what does that do to the long term prospects of a show? Because uh, aren't, you, aren't you basically guaranteeing that your biggest hits will be smaller? Well, and that's why I think it's like the it's always conventional wisdom until the kind of this golden age of television that you had a long run. You have a show that would get a critical acclaim and an audience and it would blow up around season one or two. And then it, the show would get smaller and smaller because the investment to jump in would get more and more daunting. And how are you going to find VHS tapes and how are you going to get caught up? And the golden age of television kind of flipped that on the head because you could, you know, all this stuff was available online and like shows would just get bigger and bigger bigger and bigger as seasons went on and on and on because it would pick up the stuff in the snowball but if it's only binge like if it's the new releases binge at the same time it gives people less opportunity to hear about it and this thing feel like they're missing out and it also gives them less time to catch up when they hear about it and i i just i i don't know i feel like that these the the, the, these communities have sprung up around this television these movie events are just as important to the success of television and and movies nowadays as the core product itself and they fuck up the transmission of that i don't know yeah i mean i think mandalorian very like they very smartly i mean the initial rollout was a little bit sloppy because like no one knew exactly what time it was going live yeah. and that was all confusing. So I remember like I remember I watched the episode and then went to the Star Wars subreddit and they didn't have a discussion thread yet. And I was like, Oh, you poor babies. You like mm. it's out. <laughs> it's happening. Yeah, like, you missed did it. Did you make one for him? <laughs> no. <laughs> I should have. Uh, I was just like, You guys are uh, behind here. But I think that the 
the baby Yoda thing and the weekly drop, it did create this, like this sense of urgency of like, Oh crap, I have to watch this episode as soon as possible. Otherwise I'm going to get spoiled on whatever. Oh man. Whatever cute thing baby Yoda did today, because it's, it's all over the internet immediately. Yeah. I I feel that. I feel that because like, that's the first time in a while I felt that way because I have to just, if I can't watch the Mandalorian on Friday, which I wasn't able to this week, I have to stay the hell off of Twitter. Yeah. Because, you know, half the fun is seeing the new cute stuff to Baby Yoda's. Yeah. And that's the first thing that's going to hit. So My wife makes me watch him immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You gotta. Which is like that, like, that is what you get with the weekly drop of like a good television show. And you just aren't getting that anymore with most Netflix shows, I would argue. Like, I can't really think of one new Netflix show that came out this year that like actually disrupted conversation for more than like a week and a half or two the only thing i can think of that might have stuck it wasn't it wasn't a, a netflix product it was um on amazon the boys yeah like, the boys made a little bit of a cultural dip but even then we're talking to make maybe a, a month three weeks yeah. yeah 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 i would say fleabag had the most fleabag yeah. for sure yeah fleabag, that's true Fleabag was the most like word of mouth one that I heard about, but even that, I'm still not sure like how many people actually watched it. If yeah. that makes sense, like it's not. I'm not. I don't walk around assuming every person I talk to saw Fleabag in That's the true. way that I was like, oh, every single person I know saw Stranger Things in sure. 2016 because they felt like they had to. Yeah. And yeah, I think that the odds of a binge show breaking through like that are just like slim to none these days because everyone's everyone's just tired man yeah i don't have time i don't I, I, let, let me throw something else out uh-huh. we're all just old pop culture critics we gotta Maybe. get in with the new shit yeah there's only like what do you get like 170 <laughs> hours a week and like has everyone got how many 13 yeah. hour binges do you got in you each week you gotta like, do it yeah yeah and i mean maybe maybe the youths are watching on their phone between classes and like that's just how they consume television now maybe but at the same time i i think i think the reason why i don't think i'm alone in this is like the readers i get on my articles are at least proof that there's interest out there for these shows it's just that like the window of opportunity is so much more narrow now you know i'm with you i i was throwing that out there to be a devil's advocate yeah i do i feel Plus, old. young people aren't, don't watch television. They're watching YouTube. That's fair. Twitch. Yeah, Twitch. So, like, that's that's uh, who, who knows. But even that, like, like I like a, th- I I call it a TV show, but like Hot Ones, that mm-hmm. YouTube show from First We Feast. I'm like, that is a show that like drops weekly, and people are stoked to go watch it right away. Yeah. Like every time, like a new Hot Ones is out, or like yeah. I've been watching a lot of Bon Appetit youtube lately same thing like they have like a they have a series called gourmet makes where it's like i'm like oh it's wednesday it's like gourmet makes day like (laughs) even youtube i think there are certain there are certain channels and like uh companies who have figured out that like the weekly drop is good there also it builds up you have to build up a core fan base that is like excited to talk about your show and i think that that only happens when there is a little bit time to breathe i I wonder if even netflix can sustain it because i was looking i think they they i think they spent like four maybe even more billion just in this fourth quarter of this year on content and you know they're running the same thing like you know we run on with a bald move network we're doing something like 27 podcasts a week 
What? We only have. I'm joking. Okay. I'm hyperbole. <laughs> but Wait. like, du- like getting to double digits, and you know, there's only X amount of time you can spend telling people what you're doing. Right. So it's like, yeah. well, if you're Netflix, there's only four or five shows you can fit on people's fr- in front of people's faces on their splash page. And I'm always shocked at like what Netflix does and doesn't decide to, to promote. So it's like a lot of this stuff that they're making is just like they don't even they don't even have an opportunity to get in front of their own fans until the next thing's coming out and then the next thing's coming out and then the next thing's coming out and if you get sorted into wrong algorithm then you might never see some i, mm-hmm. I it's it's just bizarre to me and i don't know that they i was actually disheartened to see netflix copy that model so much and some of these other streaming services because i was hoping that people would follow more. and i was really excited to see you know disney kind of slowing the roll with the mandalorian because like i if there's if there's a binge war, I hope that the once a week or, you know, because there's a little discussion that went around there, uh, you know, like I'm not saying that you have to release one episode a week. There's like, you know, room to like have like a maybe a two or three episode debut and then one or two like, in, you know, each week, like the Mandalorian even flirted with that where they had an episode like what on Wednesday and then Friday and then every other Friday and. I've yeah, s- and next week it's going to be just Wednesday. I guess never mind. They're only doing one episode, but it's dropping early next week because of Rise of Skywalker. Oh, uh, right. It's, it's coming out on Wednesday instead of Friday. Uh, and then they're back to Friday for the finale. Oh, no, yeah. Two, holy crap. Two more Rise weeks? of Skywalker's next week, Jim. We'll be yep. watching that. I know. Sure is. Um, but, but yeah, like, I there's, there's, there's definitely you don't have to do just the like network model of once a week on this day you can play around with it but just 13 10 to 13 on one day is what i think is the long-term loser from a fan community standpoint from a sales and marketing standpoint from just a allowed to enjoy a piece of art standpoint yeah and they yeah netflix has been making a lot of choices that confuse me like (laughs) Like them canceling, like the way that they are spending money to me as both someone who is like reporting on these TV shows and consuming them just in my personal life, like doesn't like calculate to me. Like them canceling the OA, which, right, was not, was no Stranger Things. It wasn't like millions and millions of people were watching it, but it was a good show that had a very solid fan base that was like super passionate about it. Mm -hmm. And for them to cancel a show like that while I know that they're churning out like just tons of other random crap that, that will not hit, yeah, that won't hit, and yeah. then you know they announce the two hundred million dollar yep. deal D and D, and I'm just like, who's who's allocating your budget here? Because like you just pissed off this community of what was probably like a solid eight hundred thousand to a million fans who are watching this show, which isn't. You know, that's not Game of Thrones numbers, but that's a sizable community. And those are paying subscribers to do what? Like, what? what is it that you gained from not making that third and final season of TV? Like, even if they had told the creators that. And so, yeah, it does. It seems like they're going for this weird, like, quantity over quality thing where they're like, we just want to have the most options available. And yet in doing that, they haven't been able to like really produce another killer stranger things or house of cards or something that like everybody feels like they need to have a Netflix account to be watching. Otherwise they're missing out on something. And now they're losing, they're going to, you know, they're losing the office. They're losing friends. Like they're losing these shows that 
have been propping probably, them up. Yeah. yeah, that are probably like the most streamed stuff on their platform. And there's nothing really there to replace it because they aren't making seven or eight seasons no. of a lot of shows. They're they're dropping the them off. They, like they, they have a, their official policies, like two or three. So we've seen in our algorithms that after two or three seasons, viewership stops building. So we're we're making shows fit into those two to three season and that's it. Like, you know, right. uh, and I think that's, man, you can get in a lot of trouble by just following a, an arbitrary algorithm. Well, I feel like somebody okay. somewhere along the way in Netflix's early life cycle said, Hey, you know, you guys are doing some cool stuff here, but you're no HBO. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. said, Hmm, they're right. We're actually no HBO. How can we compete with HBO? Well, we can't do it on quality because they've got the monopoly on that for the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. Let's try and do it on quantity. And yeah. they've just been running with that ball ever since. Well, and the, the scary thing is uh, HBO itself seems like they're now right. trying to like, you know right. what? We're we're not content to be the number one Emmy nominated network. We want to <laughs> uh-huh. we want to have Netflix numbers and it's like, "Oh right. god, what the hell?" Yeah, it's a mess out there. <laughs> it is. Sure it's mess, is. messy. We just we just have to have Baby Yoda lead us through the light. Uh, yeah. Kim, thanks for coming on and talking with us. Uh, what do you what what do you, what do you got going on now? You got you got a lot of things going on. You got you got things that people can follow you on and and consume. I got things. Yeah, uh, you can find my my writing on insider.com. You can find me on Twitter at Kim R. Renfro and my book about Game of Thrones came out about two months ago now, uh, yep. which is, in my opinion, a very good stocking stuffer or like a, you know, if you have like a holiday gift exchange at your office and you have no idea what to get, odds are if the person watched Game of Thrones, buy them my book, uh, The Unofficial Guide to Game of Thrones. And now, now did you I'm did you release that did you release that one chat one chapter every week <laughs> or did you do the binge model where it came out with a binding of several chapters at once? Yeah, people signed up for a subscription and I'm mailing them a PDF, <laughs> emailing a PDF of one chapter at a time. It's a uh going really well yeah you gotta yeah. you gotta kindle that 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 uh, fan <laughs> community <laughs> yeah, no you can binge my book it's on it's an audiobook also so you literally can audio binge it if you want it's on audible and that's cool use, you use your free credit to listen to my book this holiday season on there, audible there you go uh kim renfro from the insider or from insider excuse me thank you for being on the podcast and uh have a great holidays and uh, uh happy life day Thanks, guys. Happy holidays to you.